Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Vallis here, or Brittle Gash, as I go by in Reddit land. Joining me as always is the newly crowned champion of one very prestigious and elite regional Newcastle basketball league. It is Jackson, aka the champ, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going, man? Fantastic. I have I have more um, I have more Newcastle social comp titles than Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and LeBron James put together. Cop that. <laughs> and what's the name of your uh, of your basketball team again? Just for Wait, our, our team there? name is called our team name is called the Coston Beltics. <laughs> Just due to some lack no, 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 no one else had a team name. We needed to nominate jerseys, so we all decided to wear green. And then we were just debating on what team names to come up with. So I just threw out that thinking it was a joke. And I thought it would like trigger some <laughs> some some NBA naming competition where you just switch the words around. Like the, my favorite one was the the Q the Q Nork Yank no, no. So something something to do, something to do with the the Knicks. But anyway, it was funny. But um no Boston Beltics was the name and, and we won. So thank you Q-Nork, very much yes. for Champs. that. Champs again. And uh look, of course, from across the Tasman. It is our bro in the know of all things X's and O's. It is Joe. Joe, how does it go? It's going pretty good. I actually hooped tonight, and um, and we got beat. We this is this is Morrinsville Social League, so you know, town of five thousand people. We can imagine the Social League is superstars, not, not the yeah. highest level, but there was legit last play of the game. Um, there was a bona fide alley oop thrown, uh, from about from about. Yeah, from about, you know, top of the three-point line extended. Um, and a guy went up, caught it two hands. And I had an opportunity to break it up, but I thought, you know what? This never happens. I'm just going to let yeah. it go. And it was pretty sweet, man. Honestly. Did you, like, you don't see did that. You have flashbacks to, did you have flashbacks to Gordon Hayward in Cleveland when you thought about this? To be honest, I had more flashbacks <laughs> to Terry Rozier throwing it off the backboard <laughs> when it was intended for smart. <laughs> Don't compare yourself to Terry Rozier, Joe. Oh, so, I didn't throw it. So I didn't throw it, man. I didn't throw it. I was um mm. I was the would be defender, but we just let that we just let that one go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Really uh really front loading this episode with energy as uh it unfortunately drops off uh, a little bit here <laughs> as we get into today's loss to the Nuggets. But just very quickly, if you do want to reach out, the best way to do so is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode, or you can find us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit pod. So, guys, the Nuggets, or the Celtics rather, lose to the Nuggets in Boston, 114 to 105. Only the Celtics' second loss in the past seven games. But, guys, what are, what are the immediate reactions to this one? Well, Ben, my immediate reaction is what's changed? Nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, it, feels like, it feels like we're the same team. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I've I've definitely gotten used to the consistently inconsistent title that I think we've uh, thrown around for this team many a time. Look, uh, if we won this game, I would have gone on about how it was a really big, important win against good, solid Western opposition, and it's important to keep the home court there and blah 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 blah. We could have smarted that way, but like, if I'm honest, like, I'm only really concerned about like Eastern playoff competition at this stage, and that doesn't mean you should like ignore like any issues or, or whatever that we had in this game. But I mean, I'm just I'm kind of at the stage where if it's not if it's not one of five or six teams that we're up against, I kind of like just take the result as you know as as whatever because we're pretty safe in the fight in the playoffs now without having clinched it officially. So um, a good hit out this was tonight. Disappointing not to get the win, but um, ultimately I don't know. If, I don't know if this is just me like weary of the season so far and so many ups and downs, but I'm just kind of just rolling with it at this stage, you know. Mm. Yeah, that that that's fair. So. So it's been a frustrating season, right? And so what I want to do is I want to do a big collective sigh and the audience at home, you should, I highly recommend that you you play along with us. Ready? So we're going to take a, a, a deep breath in. Ready? There you go. Let let the anxiety, let let the toxicity flow out of you. Mine was more of a groan. Should, we, should I just have sighed? <laughs> Whatever, however you're... However your um, XLs manifest, that is fine. As long as you're getting the, uh, the beneficial qualities of, of this collective uh, grown or XL, that's fine. And I hope you listeners at home felt the same way. Look, there's, my, my point being is there's, there's, what, 11 games left in the season? There, there is 11 games left in the season. I, I looked it up before we started recording. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can trust that. You can trust that source right there. Trust me. Like I know. I have the facts. 
So wh- whatever the hell this is, this season, whatever the fuck this has been, this this at times hellishly long and nauseating roller coaster ride is is nearly over. And mm. I, I mean, I, I guess the unfortunate side of that is we all get to get off this ride and run across the park and and get in line for the emotional playoff edition roller coaster filled with unimaginable terrors. Um, but then again, even using that ridiculous analogy, there there's some separation, right, between regular season and, and the playoffs. And I suppose the hope to cling to there is that um, there might be this total difference um, in or separation between the regular season Celtics and, and the playoff Celtics. We've seen them play at their best. And I don't know, like, there's 11 games left. I, I think there's, there's still some optimism um, to hold to hold on to at least, or at least that's how I'm falling asleep every night. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the team that we'll see in the playoffs. I'm certainly pinning a lot of my hopes on playoff Kyrie, this 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 figure that we were deprived of last year. So I feel like if he doesn't show up and, and doesn't continue to ball out the way that he has been balling out, probably first half of the Denver game today aside, um, I feel like we're going to be in good stead. But it's just, who can say at this point? Like, who can really know for sure if, if we're going to flick the switch and be like, like what we expect or what we like hope we can be in the playoffs because like the, as far as I'm concerned like the rotations and the minute distribution based on today's game still doesn't bode well it doesn't look like we're ready it doesn't look like everything is everyone knows their role and everyone is in their place um so I've still got my doubts absolutely based off of what I saw today but again like you could you could have a bad game and think the next game is going to be good and you're probably right and vice versa so who knows you know <laughs> Yeah, I I guess like I can't believe it. I'm I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I guess my point is like whatever the, whatever this is, it's almost over. And I can't believe I'm saying that given the expectations going into the season. But like I'm ready to move on. I'm, I hope the Celtics team is ready to move on. I, I guess that's that's where I'm going with this. Like let's just get this done with and and move yeah. on because like this isn't sustainable from a like a fandom standpoint. That's I don't know. It's it's too up and down. I mean, look, at the end of the day, the regular season, it is over now. Like, it just is. We were two and a half back from Philly. Um, we do have a game against them, but pretty much, man, like, if, you've, if you're if you two and a half back with 11 left, like, it's it's pretty much over. Like, this is, the, this is one of my learnings for this year, is, like, um, how difficult it is to climb at the top end of the standings, right? Because you need yeah. to do, you need to win at a greater rate than these teams that are going to win it roughly. Like Philly's going to win at sixty five percent of their remaining games, probably, right? So um, if they've got seven, so they've got twelve left, so they're going to win eight games, probably, right? So they're going to go eight and four, which meant roughly, you know, you'd expect them to do that, which means to catch them would have to get to. Well, we'd catch them if we got to 53 wins because we'd have the tiebreaker, mm-hmm. you know, which means for us we're going to get 10 wins out of our next uh, 10 wins out of our next 11, which is just not going to happen. So, so do you see where do you see where I'm coming from? Like, it's actually yeah. just it becomes mathematically like I, this never honestly occurred to me till this year. It, it it's like it's pretty much impossible. We're not going to go 10 and one. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, so we're going to play the paces. So once you know who you're going to play in the playoffs, like it really is, you know, it really is going to be, it's actually going to be a really boring few weeks now. I feel like I've just kind of talked myself into this, like on the spot. It's yeah. going to be so boring. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we, the good thing is though, we play the paces twice and mm. um, that's going to be like a real playoff preview. And it's going to be for, I mean, essentially home court advantage will be decided with those two games, I would imagine. Um, I tell you what, though, man. Like, I'd love to be a Pacers fan right now. Bloody good on them, eh? Bloody good on them. Just hanging in there, you know. Um, I, I've, I, they, um, you just want to have affection for your team, eh? And, um, and you know, Pacers fans shouldn't should enjoy this year. I hope they do. Were you reminded of such affection when you saw one Isaiah Thomas check into the game today, Joe? <laughs> I feel like you're and all those highlight up. clips of Kelly Olynyk in the background as well with Jay Crowder, <laughs> Maple <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Isaiah Thomas stuff was uh, obviously it was heartfelt, and it was great to see him back. And I was I was quite amazed that Mike Malone actually played him as early as he did, because you know I was, I was sort of saying to people uh, in the in the 
the game thread prior to the game that the only way that we were going to see Isaiah Thomas, right, was if it was a blowout either way. Either we had to be losing by a whole bunch or, or vice versa. But, you know, early in the game, he puts him in. And I guess that's, you know, actually a pretty good time to put him in where there's still plenty of time to recover from, mm. you know, if, if the Nuggets did falter as a result. And we kind of had one of our best stretches of the game when Isaiah, you know, was on the court. Like, we, we didn't attack him as much as I thought we should have with Kyrie. I don't know if that was out of respect from from a Brad Stevens standpoint or whatever. But, um, I mean, he was... I'm sorry to say this. I know a lot of people will frown, but he, he's a defensive <laughs> negative. Not he's a, a defensive... frown! <laughs> yeah. I, well, frown is no! probably putting it likely. Yeah. We're sighing our anxiety out. We're frowning. <laughs> Unbelievable. People are actively unsubscribing from this podcast as we speak. But, you know, he, he was a defensive zero, right? Like, he was he was no good. Uh, I'm looking at his stats now on the very far corner of my screen. O of two from the field. Um he had a three, I guess. Um, actually, no, Did I was he? looking at Tari I Craig. Didn't yeah. <laughs> I was looking at Tari Craig. He had like two. two assists, I think. That yeah. was about it. Minus eight. Like, there's not a lot of stats to look at unless you like looking at, at zeros. The point is, he wasn't, he wasn't very good. Um, so, it was kind of bittersweet in that sense, right? Like, it was obviously good to have Isaiah Thomas back in the building, um, but... It's a shame because he was so good. He was he meant so much to this team, and his level of production was um, almost on, on like an all time level for that that one season. Um, and yet, you know, he was pretty yeah. shithouse today. <laughs> you know what I? You know what? I, you know what I came to realize probably halfway between the, in, during this game, and I don't know if it was like this game or like I've been thinking of it lately. But I'm I'm actually glad he's not on the team anymore because let's just say we did keep him. We did like the kind of the moral thing and kept him, and he was like the heart and soul of the team. What if like that was what our point guard, starting point guard, was giving out every night? Like you think that the 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 shit that like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kyrie, Terry Rozier, etc., get when they're in a bad stretch is pretty toxic. Like holy shit, can you imagine if Isaiah Thomas was putting out this performance for us every night? Like mm. it would not, it would not be pretty. It would not be, it would not be, it would not be nice to to read because you know you've got this guy who was such a big, amazing story for us in in this in that one fantastic season. We all know how it went down, and now he's back, like you know, showing us what he can do. And like basically, the reason he was traded was because I think Danny Ainge had the foresight to see that that's probably what he's going to be like for the rest of his career, which is heartbreaking and sucks. But if, if I can be cold and like unemotional for a second, like I'm glad that's not our backup point card. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. Like I don't, I don't want it to be the case, but he's, he's no good at the moment. I hope he gets back, but I like it would, it would, you think we're having aneurysms now about the season. Can you imagine if that was our backup <laughs> point guard? Well, no, I, no mean, thanks. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he was right now, that would mean it would re-sign him for, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think I think the trade was wrong, but yeah, I was pretty worried about the contract. Um, I was pretty worried about the contract. So, right. we, we're going to get to the whole speculation of Isaiah Thomas, you know, potentially rejoining the Celtics uh, a little later on. Um, what, what did you guys think of the, the tribute video? Do you think it was commensurate with you know the impact that he had on the team and and the way that the community feels about isaiah thomas have you had a chance to watch it i i have what i'm kind i'm I'm interested in a couple things but the question i want to throw out there is how did you feel it sort of compared to the pierce garnett tribute videos i Uh, nowhere near as good yeah but that's okay right yeah, yeah, yeah well, it, it's probably it's, it's not a competition who had the best editing of the tribute video. I think the thing that worked for Pearson Garnett more than anything else was the timing. You know, it was that it was their first game back in the garden. I know this was his first game back in the garden, but like it should have happened against the in the Cleveland game. It was that big shit show about like whether they were gonna they were when they were gonna retire number thirty four, but then they were gonna have his video, and everyone was like, oh, he shouldn't have it because it's Isaiah's night. No, it's Pearson. No, and that was a yeah. big, you know. That was, know, fucking, that was yeah, petty fam. That was petty. Yeah, pe- it was petty fam. Yeah, and that was like some unnecessary shit that went down then. But the, for the Pearson Garnett stuff, it was like it was it was fresh. You know, they had literally they were there like they were Celtics players like three four months ago, and they were back, and it was like really hard for everyone to to really like get through that game because we were rebuilding as well too. Like we were terrible that season, and the Nets were probably in their their best season or their best potential season that they had for years after the fact so i feel i felt like the impact of that was greater than this one i felt like it came like almost like a year too late in a way everyone was appreciative everyone is respectful of Isaiah, and i think everyone's grateful of what he did for the team but it didn't have the same impact because you know he the last time we saw him in a celtics jersey was like felt like feels like lifetimes ago doesn't it (laughs) 
yeah, eighteen months ago or whatever it was. Now, is this you more like two years? I don't know what you yeah, like, I don't know. I guess the bread's gone stale there a little bit. Uh, it was fresh, you know, uh, out of the oven a couple of years ago, and uh, it just doesn't have the same like the same cold taste. Toast now. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get back to Isaiah a little bit because we've got some good Isaiah Thomas stuff in the Reddit recap. Um, the 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 game today against the the Nuggets actually a pretty fun game. Obviously, it was disappointing. And uh, any like long time listeners of of this podcast, and I can say that now because we've been around for a year. Um, have I told you that already? <laughs> I've said it like twenty times in the in the last week. Um, People would people who listen to this podcast would know that I have a very close friend who runs the, the Nuggets Reddit podcast, um, who gives me a lot of shit uh, whenever we lose to the Nuggets. And so today was like a pre-championship for me, and and you know knowing that we possibly won't make the finals or compete for a, for a title ultimately this year, this was this was the a big deal for me. And I, I was saying to my wife before she left to work this morning, like please like spare a thought. For the Celtics today, if you can, like put out some good energy out there because I really need this win because I really can't take the the grief um, and the dickery from from my Nuggets friend. Uh, and you know, ultimately we lost, and that that's all I've been taking uh, all day. Um, but it was actually a pretty fun game. It was pretty close throughout, with I think eleven lead changes overall. But the the Nuggets they really stooged us in the fourth and kind of ran away with it there. They outscored us thirty four to twenty five in the fourth quarter. And overall, they out-rebounded the Celtics 51-37. to 37. And, you know, I was kind of sneak-watching this game at work because it's not really appropriate to sit and watch an NBA game while you're at your desk at work around other people. But I did have the Some game... Some people might think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Sorry, go. <laughs> I, I did have the game, you know, on my phone on, on a very poor connection. It was a little um, pixelated. But uh, it seemed like, you know, anytime the Celtics... Um, went to rebound the ball. A nugget swooped in from nowhere and just took took the ball away from them. They, they were completely owning us on the boards throughout the game. That that seemed like the sort of the major factor overall from tip-off to, to the final buzzer. Um, but the third quarter was, was fun. We kind of faltered a little bit early on and clawed back towards the end of the second quarter. Um, but both teams were really clicking in the third. Um, and I thought the Celtics really came into the second half with the heads on a little straighter, maybe a little bit more decisive with the ball, and and Mook was actually hitting threes. Mook Morris. There's been a lot of um, debate in Celtics communities recently about whether or not Mook Morris or Jalen Brown should start, and like just as maybe the favor was finally tipping um, in the direction of Jalen Brown, and, and you know maybe it could have even been creeping into the unwavering Brad Stevens' mind that he could even start Jalen Brown. Mooks put a couple of, you know, double-doubles together and he was actually starting to hit some of his threes today. Um, I don't know, any thoughts on the Jalen Brown uh, Mook comparison, at least in, in the vacuum of today's game, guys? Um, so, uh, Danger Cart, my hero, um, he <laughs> made a point that, you know, the trouble with Jalen Brown is he's actually kind of small. And um, for a for a powerful for a big guy for a big guy <laughs> yeah. you know whereas, whereas Marcus Morris is you know physically big like I don't know what the rebounding per thirty sixes are between the two but um but I mean we get punished on the glass as it is and and yeah. I, I feel pretty confident that that problem gets worse when Brown's out there instead of Morris so mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why Morris will probably stay in the lineup for the for the foreseeable future. Um, Things will probably change in the playoffs, you know. Stevens does those spot um, lineup changes, right? But, um, but yeah, I, I don't see things changing for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not partic- I'm not particularly bothered to be honest. Like, I want like whoever's going to be the most productive and whoever's going to put up the most points is who I want out there. Um, right. And I like boards as well, and, and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's it. I think it's it's a sexier prospect to have Jalen Brown as as the starter because you know put the off season out of your mind, like the future off season, like that's the guy you kind of want to get more reps. You want to get better. You kind of want him to grow because we drafted him and he's, you know, he's got the, he's, he's got the, he's got this kind of like sexy sort of like attractive, I'm making it sound way more sexual than it should be, but people, <laughs> people really like Jalen Brown and people I feel are kind of like just a bit, bit whatever about Marcus Morris, unless he's like scoring 25 and putting up 10 every well, night. Um, we want our young guys to be on the rise, right? Like we totally. have more invested in our young guys for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if, if Jalen Brown's is not putting up numbers and Marcus Morris is, then Marcus Morris is in every single day of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Um, whether or not the lineup would benefit, um, the starting lineup that is would benefit putting having Jalen Brown in there. 
and the bench rotation changes as a result of that, I'm not too sure. I think it's too late in the season to be trying things like that. So unless Brad's got his playoff rotations for specific teams already marked out, which I believe he probably would. He strikes me as the kind of guy who would be prepared to that level. Um, I, I don't think it's really it really matters who starts, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. I also like Brown in his role right now. I just think um, like a like a you know like a young colt. You know, he just needs to have the blinders put on him and say, run in that direction really, really fast. Or maybe like Forrest Gump, you know? It's like, run, Jalen, run. Stop, Jalen, stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny because he's this, like, pseudo-intellectual or whatever. But, you know, just point him in the right direction and uh, and tell him to go. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many I wonder how many Dr. Peppers Jalen Brown would drink at a presidential um, reception. <laughs> <laughs> About That's a great time. question. Let's <laughs> <laughs> leave that open to the audience out there. You know how to how to find us on Twitter and on Reddit. <laughs> Moving on, pretty pretty rough stretch at the end of the third there for the Celtics. I think we were up five points and Tatum bricked a wide open three. Oh, uh, could have so easily oh. gone up eight at that point. And then oh. we come down the other end. Tory Craig hits uh, an open three. Oh. They cut it to two, like just. With like that a was, second that was, to go. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of the turning point, right? Like we could have so easily if Tatum just makes that three, but he's been he's been quite cold lately. I mean he misses it, bricks it terribly, and then Tory Craig hits that three. Um and then Brad calls a timeout, which is totally fair enough. You've got a couple of I like know, the I timeout. one and a half I, seconds. I like yeah, the timeout. Right? Like it's it, like kind of recognize this is important, you know? Like if we get two here, the game's really different. Absolutely. Uh, and not only do we not get two, but Mook Morris oh. th- just throws the ball like completely out of bounds. Uh, and then that means the Nuggets get the ball back baseline at their end of the court. And Jalen Brown gets caught with his pants down, back door, gives up a two to tie it, heading into the fourth. Uh, and then, you know, the fourth, not not too bad. Started off, um, started off immediately like both teams were into it. There was a lot of back and forth. And then the Nuggets kind of ran away with it. Um, uh, I think we said earlier they outscored us thirty-four to twenty-five, and and Jokic, who was like great all game. I hate to say it because I hate the Nuggets and I hate Nikola Jokic. I love uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like I and it. but he, he hit those two back-to-back threes like quite late in in the fourth to really put it out of reach. And they were just like effortless fuck you threes where he just kind of like was like I end game now and just like st- <laughs> stuck those threes and then <laughs> Millsap had a four point play with about 30 seconds to go to absolutely seal the game and, and that was it at least that's at basically least the story w- of the game at least it wasn't Jamal Murray that fucking pansy <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> hate him, so, so bad I wish nothing yeah. but disease for him fuck Whoa. off but Jokic is cool Whoa, why not Jason wow Wow, he's strong going words. hard. Strong. You got strong. everyone's got to everyone's got to hate one player, like like irrationally so. Uh, I like the passion. Worry. I like the passion. You know, we yeah. we really could have drafted. I I honestly think if we didn't draft Jalen Brown, we would have drafted Jamal Murray that year. And yeah. um, yeah, how would there, you feel, he? Jackson? How would you feel? Oh, man? I'd, oh, I'd, I'd, different. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how he performs. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it's. it's hate him if you walked in the room right now but oh hey man how you doing um but yeah i mean it all stems it all stems from the what the 47 point game like earlier in the season and he hit the three i was i'm, I'm feeding off Kyrie's, you know disdain for him more than anything else but i just real i kind of realized i don't really hate any nba player and then he's that his fucking stupid face just popped up hello i'm jamal yeah. murray look it makes it fuck yeah. off mate it makes it, it it makes it much more fun to to hate yeah. on these players um so i'll, I'll definitely when it's a nugget player <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll definitely join you in the, the Nuggets hating thing. Um, the, the saddest part is like my, my friend Nick, um, or, or Dice as we call him, um, he likes Dice the Celtics. Dice he's called on the street. Yeah. <laughs> he likes the Celtics. And so like uh, the dynamic is weird where like if we win, he'd be like, great, like really like the Celtics. Like great, great showing from the Celtics. But if the Nuggets win, I'm like, oh, like I hate you. <laughs> I'm never talking to you again. I hate the Nuggets. Like life is terrible. Baseball is starting soon, you know, completely transitioned <laughs> to another sport. Like, Gotta love, the, very, love that very Boston sports fan base. So gracious <laughs> <Yeah>. in defeat. <laughs> yeah. So um, you mentioned this earlier, Jackson, but Kyrie Irving, um, who I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited to see a playoff Kyrie Irving um, in, in a couple of weeks, in 11 games time, in fact. Um, Kyrie Irving had another decent game. Uh, he did start off one for nine from the field. Mm. Uh, so a very slow start for Kyrie, but Al Horford kind of kept us in it, who had a great game in his own right. 
Uh, but Kyrie Irving went 7 for 12 in the second half with 20 points. I think he finished with 30 points overall. Um, and I guess, yeah, like I, I was saying, the, the one nice takeaway from this is that Kyrie has strung together a few very, very nice, like, all-star cali- caliber games and is looking very much in form heading towards this this playoff stretch. So, I mean, if there's one player on our team that you want to be, like, hitting their prime for the season at this time of the year, it's Kyrie Irving. Dude, Sean, you have a selling. doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> in a perfect world, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's no, it's no surprise that he was out of the fray to start the fourth when the Nuggets started to pull away. Um, and I mean, that's just you have to, you have to play your rotations, you have to, you have to do those things. But I mean, I just, I don't feel like we'll be seeing that in the playoffs at all. I like, I, I really hope he's prepared to play like forty plus minutes every night because. You know, get him off for his breather. Get him off to have a breather. Maybe get 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 some other ball handlers in. Like obviously, we haven't even talked about Hayward yet. Like we really missed Hayward's playmaking today. Obviously, he can he can cover for Kyrie in situations like that. But like, I want to see Kyrie out there basically like buzzer to buzzer, because he's the only one that even if he's cold as hell, I still think he's going to hit his next shot. And I can't say that about Tatum at the moment. I can't say that about Horford. I can't say that about anyone else on the team when they're cold. But Kyrie can just can just flip the switch and then it's done. So hopefully they follow his lead in that respect, boys. Yeah, I, I think um, Kyrie's, Kyrie's been putting out the good vibes lately. I, I mean, that's good, but um, big picture. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're just, you know, we're going to be playing the paces in round one and we'll, it'll be tough and, um, you know, all will be revealed then. It, it's sort of, it, yeah, it's quite annoying. It sort of feels like, Everything's suspended for now. I don't know what much more we can learn about the team, uh, other than maybe how they do match up with Indiana in those in those two games. Mm. Maybe it's it comes down to what we can learn about ourselves. Like oh. <laughs> we we've been oh. dealing with this the whole, is that, whole season. Is that, is that a, is that a I've been ben. with the man <laughs> in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of reflection to do in in this downtime, if you want to call it that. Uh, so, a user from the post game thread, user Brad Stevens, wrote these last <laughs> two games are why we need Gordon Hayward. Uh, two of the more bonehead games we played. <laughs> Just not smart basketball. Gordon making the right play after play after play is subtle, but makes a big difference. Um, I I agree with this. Like, I I feel like one thing that we were really missing, other than. Um, Tatum's inability to shoot, which, uh, by the way, 90% from three over the past 10 games. <sighs> on, on Gordon Hayward, um, like, we just needed a guy out there who, put simply, just knows what the fuck they're doing. And, like, you know the kind of player I'm talking about, right? Like, we're pretty fortunate as a team in that sense. Like, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, mm. and probably Kyrie Irving, it's guys who just always seem to be involved in those winning plays, even if they're on the fringe of them like they always have a lot to do with them in in a sense. Uh, like they know where to be on the court all of the time. And like, it felt like, I guess in the game against the Nuggets today, that they just had more of those guys than we did. And, you know, I know Hayward hasn't been great you know, in terms of the box score and everything, but like he, he has been contributing in that sense really since the beginning of the season. And we just kind of needed his steadying presence today. So you know, I'm not saying if we had Hayward, we would win this game, but it would have made a huge difference. Mm. Well, you, you don't really know what Hayward brings to, to the table like every night. Well, sorry, I'll rephrase that. You know what he brings, he's capable of bringing to the table, but you don't know what Hayward you're going to get. Are you going to get two points, four assists, one rebound in like eight, 20 minutes? Or are you going to get like 25 and seven and whatever? Like, you know, he's capable of those games. But like, it, you're right. I, I don't think it would have necessarily... I can't even say that. I was going to say it wouldn't necessarily change the result. It very well could have changed the result, but it would have depended whether we see like, you know, Gordon Hayward that we got against... Uh, Minnesota and mm-hmm. help me out here. What was the other game he had recently? Minnesota as well. Golden, was it Golden State? He put thirty. On? <laughs> yeah, Minnesota again. Golden yeah. State, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, or or Clippers I'm as well. Blank, we I'm lost. Pretty playbook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, like, I mean, it would have been nice to have him out there. And it's good. It's kind of a good thing when you don't have a key player out there. When you do lose, you can be like, oh, if we had X or if only so and so was playing this, things would have been fine. So it's nice to lean on that, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have been lovely to have him out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, user Fortunate Fox wrote, IT undefeated against the Celtics since they traded him. A fact that I was unaware of uh, mm. until Fortunate Fox 
posted it into existence. Uh, and user Hail Kyrie wrote, if Jason Tatum bothered to actually show up for a game, that would be great. He's been awful recently. Sophomore slump. Mook was ass in several moments to say the least, but shot efficiently. Well, what do you, what do you think about Hail Kyrie's take here on, on Tatum and Mook? Um, I think this is just a, a for Tatum, like, I think I, I, you know, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, Ben. I think he does have some limitations as a player, but He's a for real shooter. He is a for real shooter, and this is sure. just a slump. Like this yeah. is just temporary. I think. Yep. Um, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you can obviously you can you can assess players on game by game basis, and if they and if he's shooting nineteen percent over the last like three or four, whatever you said it was, you know that's obviously no good. But like if we're going to start 10. like last ten, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so it is. It, it's a, it's a legitimate slump, but. But we remember what Tatum was like in the playoffs last season. So uh, to to be to be giving up, not giving up on Tatum, but to be like you know slamming the slandering him at this stage to that degree, I would I would just pump the brakes a little bit. You can say bad game, he could have done better. He's not shooting well at the moment, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I still think I still think he'll show up for the playoffs. I just I, I just sort of think like when we're criticizing guys, it, it it it's sort of like it doesn't make sense to criticize them for stuff that's. It's kind of out of Tatum's control a little bit, you know? Like, it makes sense to criticize him for the shot selection. It doesn't make too much sense to me to criticize him. If anything, he's not shooting enough threes, right? Um, so, yeah, like, I'll happily criticize Terry Rozier for taking greedy shots. You know, that's a, that's a sort of mm-hmm. characteristic of his game I really don't like. But, but Tatum uh-huh. can shoot that MFA, you know? Yeah, I think you can you can apply the greedy shots uh, factor to to Mook as well. But but Tatum's an interesting one because he's he's definitely in the middle of this deep shooting slump. Like there's no denying that. But he continues to put up these really nice balanced stat lines. Like today he had seven boards and eight assists to go along with his eight points. Mm. But you know, like we were saying, like there were these pretty key open looks for Tatum that could have swung the momentum in our favor. But he just bricked him. That's just yeah. uh, I call it a sophomore slump. Call it a regular slump. Um, but I guess. I'm glad it's happening now in this sort of, you know, we were talking about how the season's kind of done. So, all right, like, shoot your way out of that. We've got 11 games to the playoffs. Sort it out, whether it's psychological or physical or whatever it is. Um, you've got time. The playoffs are upcoming. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, this is something that can be overcome. Yeah, in the next I don't know, like, 10 points isn't something you can just kind of, like, chalk off to, like, oh, yeah, he'll just, you know, whatever. It's, it's a few buckets. But, I mean, like, imagine if that stat line was 18, 8, and 7 or whatever it is and in a win. People would be would be screaming about how good how good of a performance that is for a guy who's like you know the the number three or whatever offensive option. But you know, sure. alas, he he breaks a few threes. He doesn't. He, he he continues his kind of very average shooting punt pattern in a loss, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm tired. So yeah, no, I, I don't buy it. I agree with you, Joe. Yeah. So a couple of quick mentions: Kyrie four steals to go with these five boards and and four assists in this game. Um, four steals with Kyrie Irving is like him. I don't know. He's he's had some good defensive showings in in the latter part of the season, but I feel like maybe I'm speculating here. Obviously, that's all that we do. Kyrie Irving getting four steals in this game is a little bit of like, hey, I, I want to show my Celtic soul as well. While you're all here celebrating Isaiah Thomas and his heart and his grit for this team, like here's me, you know, not a known defensive player coming out and getting four steals against the Nuggets in ultimately a loss. But that was a pretty impressive showing. Al Horford had a great game, a solid 26-6. and six. Mm. Played great defense throughout the game. You know, obviously Jokic still got his, but he didn't get his customary triple-double. He didn't get, you know, all the points that he normally gets. Um, I really thought Al Horford, despite some obvious maybe knee pain, and he was on the exercise bike there for a little bit um, when he wasn't on the court, um, he's still so important to this team, and he was able to carry us in that first half while Kyrie was not particularly um, having a great game. So a little shout-out to Al there as well. Any other notes, feel, guys, on this game before we move on? I was going to say, I feel like if, if Horford didn't have to look after both Jokic and Millsap, you know, two very skilled, dominant bigs for a team, I think if he was only had like one of those guys to look after, I think I think the production level of those players would have gone well down. But because it's, he's got like, he's not looking after two players, but do you know what I mean? Like there's two bigs there that can properly hurt you. So, and if he's, if he, he can only neutralize like one of them, he can only do so much at a time. So yeah, that I think that was just a bad matchup for us. Yeah, Jokic is a tough matchup for everybody. And Milksap has killed us, eh, in the past, man. Like, remember yeah. when he was with the Hawks? Oh, my oh, gosh. Ian Horford, yeah, shit. Yep. All right. All right, guys, we're going to take a very quick break and be back in a moment for the Reddit recap. 
Alright guys, welcome back. This is the Reddit recap and we're going to start with a post by user RLS012 and they posted a tweet to the sub by someone named Donny Picaro Jr. who does not have a blue tick next to their Twitter account. Don't know who they are, but they posted Celtics fan to Isaiah Thomas, quote, no fourth quarter year has been the same without you. And Isaiah, quote, I'll be back. And then to follow up from that, user Dr... <laughs> User Dingleberry. Dr. Dingleberry, PhD. Hingle, Hingle, Hingle McCringleberry, <laughs> PhD. Posted a CVS sports article titled, Nuggets veteran Isaiah Thomas won't rule out a potential return to the Celtics as a free agent. So this is why I wanted to avoid that particular topic earlier in the show because there's been a lot of talk, obviously recently, with Isaiah returning to the Garden finally as, a, as an on-the-court player about the, the prospect of Danny Ainge re-signing Isaiah Thomas as a free agent in the offseason and giving him some some sort of role on this team. And given what we know about Isaiah Thomas now versus what we, I guess, feel about Isaiah Thomas as Celtics fans, well, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on, on this as a possibility. Like, where do you stand on, on this particular concept? I I would love to see it happen, but I would only want to see him get like an end-of-the-bench, end-of-rotation role because I just don't think he's very good anymore. And I don't think I don't think that's what he would particularly want as a professional basketball player. I think yeah. I think he's gonna take I think he's gonna take what he can get because he's obviously intimately aware of his, you know, situation as well as we are. But it feels like it would be like we might as well just re-sign Paul Pierce as well while we're at it. Or or, or Ray Allen. I know he's been like pandered about and the Rockets are after him, but um <laughs> just it's it would be it would be pure sentiment at this stage because and and whether Danny Ainge feels like he needs to like, you know, absolve his sins or he needs to make up for like the wrong that he did. I know Joe subscribes to um that narrative somewhat. Um but I mean I would love <laughs> to see it happen, sure, but I don't think it makes us a better basketball team. If it's not making us a better basketball team, then what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. Um how crazy is it that it's like it's kind of imaginable that he could be out of the league next year? That's mm. nuts, eh? Um, man, poor guy. Um, I almost feel like we we need it. Like this is this this go. This is some this is some this is some mythical stuff, man. But like, or I don't know, mythical is not the right word, man. This is some um. This is some paranormal stuff. I feel like we need a sign. I feel like we need to sign him to make it right. I do. I do. I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I feel like uh, there's some imbalance in the universe, man. And that needs to be evened out by, by Kyrie leaving and what, what if, signing. What if we, what if we sign him for one day, like we did with Pierce, right? And his contract. And then we retire number four. Do you reckon that would lift the curse? Nah, we ain't going to retire number Ooh. four. No, of course we're not going to retire number four. But do you think that would lift the curse? <laughs> yeah. Just see number four up there next to next to there's a there's there's Russell, there's fucking Kuzi, and there's Isaiah Thomas. Do you remember 2016? I do. I, t- I tell you what though, man. Like I did wonder, like, how would you feel if you were Kyrie tonight? Like, um, my first thought was when I saw saw it was that um, the infamous line from Draymond Green to Paul Pierce, which was, can anybody remember? They don't love you like that. Thank you. Whoa, you almost left me hanging. They don't love you like that, man. And honestly, Kyrie, man, they don't love you like that. They don't. Like, they love you, but not like that, you know? Yeah. Man, we yeah. loved IT. And I wonder if you're Kyrie with your, like, man, this could be me, you know? Like, this could be me. This could be this relationship that I could have with this fan base. Or whether it was, yeah. like, I'll never have this relationship with this fan base, yeah. you know? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. This is coming to me on the fly. I feel like Isaiah Thomas is like the family dog that had to go away for a while and we thought he was going to die, but now he's back and he's missing a leg. And it's like, oh, he's back. This is amazing. And I feel like Kyrie's like 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 your hot girlfriend that you want to marry. She's crazy and she'll, she, she'll fucking drive you insane. But like, like, are you really going to choose this like this dying disease dog that you used to love over this woman who... Oh, Wow. Getting way yeah. off I see far here. more use for Kyrie than I do for Isaiah Thomas. All sentiment aside, we're never going to love him like Isaiah Thomas. And I think if, if Kyrie Irving is the is is a mature, level headed dude, which I don't think he is, but I hope he can at least take this on board. He just needs to like kind of get over it. Like we're never going to love Kyrie as much as we love our other Celtics legends. 
if he gets us like three rings the next six seasons or whatever, but then we'll talk. We'll see how we're going. But no, nah, he just like there's not many Celtics legends that'll have the same reverence that Isaiah will have. Like even like go back to like all of the Celtics greats, like like legendary figures for the franchise. But Isaiah kind of exists in his own little realm, don't you think? Like it was this, it was just this whirlwind of like. Uh, uh, just like it shouldn't be but it is he's so small but he scores so many points and he gives his heart and blah 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 blah. like i don't feel any other celtic is kind of like in that that realm like can am i wrong in thinking that Uh, it might be something sorry i do think recency bias comes into play there like there are a lot of celtics held in a a high regard um i almost uh hesitate to utter their names in comparison to isaiah thomas but you know obviously bill russell with his 11 titles and larry bird with his three and just general great Celtics shtick come to mind uh, off the top of the dome. But, like, wh- what is it about Isaiah Thomas that He's an makes underdog. Him... He's an yeah, underdog. E- exactly. So, we've been talking about it all season. It comes to expectations. And Isaiah Thomas greatly exceeded expectations. You know, he's a mm-hmm. five foot nine, you know, spark plug off the bench when he arrived in, in Boston. And the first game against the Lakers... You know, hits a few threes, like brings a lot of energy off the off the Didn't bench. Get I believe at that out point, in that game? yeah, the game he got, got ejected from? against the yeah. Lakers, which was a great start in terms of earning the love of Celtics fans. Like from game one, he was in our hearts. So it kind of got me thinking heading into this segment: What does Kyrie Irving need to do to reach those same heights with Celtics fans? Like, where are our expectations now? And what does Kyrie Irving need to do to exceed them to reach a similar degree of love from the Celtics fan perspective? Honestly, he can't. It's it, The other thing about IT is, like, the dude is just real. Like, he is so real and so easy to understand. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Where it, it makes him so emotionally accessible in a way that, it, like, like... And this, Kyrie's just not built like that, you know? Um... The, like, there's not the same marriage of um, underdog, you know, compelling story. Um, him being 5'9 makes him super relatable to people, you know? Um, <laughs> you know, um, he's got a great... You know, there's just so many things about it. Like, he's just so... Tom, IT is just more telegenic, honestly, than Kyrie, you know? Um, and Kyrie's a pretty telegenic guy, right? There's just all of those things. Like, IT was kind of a perfect storm. And um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think it can be, you know. Um, yeah. Well, if yeah. we're if we're trying to form a scenario where he he could be, so uh, the the answer that I'm deriving from that is that he needs to be more real with the fans. He needs to stop this like pseudo intellectualism. He just needs to like talk like he would to his best mate to the fans and to the press, right? Like he just needs to become more real and more relatable. So that that okay. So. That's what I'm taking from that answer. I, you're right, but that's maybe something that he could do to steer himself in the right direction. So, Jackson, what, what are you going to add to that? Um, long, long answer, short rings, banners. <laughs> yeah, because so be a, like, be a yeah, real bloke. I, I don't like, he's, ne- <laughs> he's he's never gonna he's never gonna have that that uh, that connection with the fans. I don't think. I think he could have built a case for it, um, but up that kind of went out the window post the the mid-season uh, trade window when his attitude just clearly changed. Like, remember that ad that he did with his dad about how he wants to be the reason that no one else wears number 11 and it was this really touching, heartfelt ad with him, like, working out with his dad in, in, the, in, the, in the garden. Um, like, yeah. if, if we didn't hear any any of his, like, like weirdness and, like, you know, uh, sour sort of attitude coming out in the media in the wake of all that Anthony Davis stuff, and we're definitely not out of the woods with that yet, um, I feel as if there wouldn't be this sort of like, oh yeah, Kyrie's great, but you know, uh, like if he was just if he was just bowling every game and would come out and would say fuck all to the media and would just smile and would just take his photos with like you know some disadvantaged kids every couple of weeks, a few seasons of that, and then people are going to be like, well, what Kyrie's great? What are you talking about? He's fantastic. But unfortunately, I think we just have to accept he is the dude who he is. You know, he he's he's our best chance of success on the court. But he's not. He's not the. He's not the hero. He's not the. He's not like the the lovable figure that maybe we all want. That Isaiah is. So I. I'm. I'm ha- I can reconcile that. I can live with that as it is. Ideally, you want someone who is as good as Kyrie, 
with the heart and soul and the passion and the and the connection with the fans as Isaiah does. But I mean, so does every single fan base. So I'm 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 pretty happy with what we've got at the moment. But I'll I'll happily put him in like Celtics great territories. I'll put him up there with the Celtics greats in a few years' time if he can deliver what we all want, and that's I, I, banners. Banners maybe. with a Z. I I just want to add one one other thing, just real quick, if that's okay. Like. I think Alan Iverson is like one of the greatest interviews you'll ever get, like in sports. I don't know if you guys heard the. He's actually coming uh, on next week, so yeah, great. <laughs> so wait to spoil it. So man. wait for that to drop. <laughs> but like, sorry, you know Iverson, like love, like love him or loathe him, like every word that comes out of that dude's mouth is true. You know, like he We're just does that. not lie. You know. Whereas, and, and IT has that, you know, like you just believed every word he said, you know, um, and there, there, there's no, uh, there's just so little pretense. I'm not going to say there's no pretense. Everyone's got a little bit, right? But like, there's just so, so little pretense with, with, with Isaiah and, um, and, you know, Curry can't be perfect. He can't have that. And you, you know, you might be right, um, Jackson, you know. Um, maybe this is the, the you know the better end of the Faustian pact, but um, I man, it's, I miss it's not the story we want, dude. is it? I just I miss cheering for that dude. I really mm. do. Yeah. So a couple of quick comments from those two threads. So one is from user BG one two three four five six seven writes, let Rogier and want to make a walk sign it four and Rondo, get both of the old time point guards <laughs> back coming off the no, bench. Veteran no, veteran Rondo. Uh, that's not the worst. That's not the worst idea ever. But I yeah, mean, Rondo I don't can know. kind of shoot threes now. There's, there's, yeah. I feel there's like some. I feel like get Rondo back. Get Rondo back in the fold. So when Brad Stevens retires in like thirty years' time, he can be the next coach. That's all. I. That's the only <laughs> use I see of Isaiah of, of Isaiah of, of Rondo. And like, it's not like we need to do that. To have him on board. So yeah. But as for Isaiah, uh, I'd probably rather Brad want to make. Yeah, so, I think I would. So, <laughs> that's where we're at. Uh, and so the other comment is quickly from Raj is the man six four six nine four two zero writes. Uh, I just realized that's sixty nine four twenty. Sorry, Raj is the man. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> he wrote. I see a lot of people saying it would be a bad fit, wouldn't work on the team, washed up, etc. Stop. It would literally only cost a minimum contract. He could only have a positive impact. If not, he doesn't play. But we keep him on the team as a veteran. IT, if nothing else, would be a great leader and vet for this team with experience in big games. We owe him at least that for a season at the bare minimum. Y'all are ungrateful AF. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a really nice sentiment. I, I guess we've kind of covered this already in our answers, but I don't know if we owe it to Isaiah to sign him to a minimum contract and then stash him on the end of the bench. Like, what is different between that and his current situation other than he's, you know, in quotes, back home in Boston? Yeah, I, I I don't think we see the same leader if he's if he's like the eighth man, eighth or ninth, ninth man in rotation playing like six minutes a night. I just don't, I, he's not the same dude, unfortunately. That's just what I think. You're probably right. I man, I still want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to be sentimental, right? Like he mm. meant everything to us. Man, this is what we like. This is what we are. We're fans of a team. That's like sentiment dressed up in you know like active wear. You know. Like this is what we are. We, you know, we 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 give our sentiments to a team. I want to give my sentiments to a worthy vessel. <laughs> I feel like you know, we talked about the um, the karmic correction earlier, and I don't think that signing him to a minimum deal and sticking him at the end of the bench is enough. I think that you know he needs okay. He needs starting he needs point. The, he needs some of the it, middle level. You're right. <laughs> he needs a stimulus package. That's what he needs. He needs uh, okay a, a new um, like Chrome hip. You know, installed by the world's greatest team of surgeons. He needs a lifetime pension. A lifetime pension that pays him, outside of the NBA salary cap scheme, some sort of annual salary for the rest of his life and puts his kids through college and all of that. Mm. That's, a, that's a minimum. And then I, I expect Danny Ainge and, and the ownership team there um, to become more creative on top of that. But we, we need, we've got our work cut out for us in terms of a, a karmic correction there and, and making things right. Mm. By the way, though, but just let's just—I'm just going to be a little wild here. But how good would it be if he actually came back? Like if he came, like just oh, imagine this: imagine Kyrie walks, he comes back, and he's recovered. You know, and he's still a little bit of a defensive liability. 
but he's back to a 20 points a game scorer. Oh my gosh, how cool would that be? I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it, despite all the shit that I've been talking about him for the last yeah. 48 minutes. I would, abs- <laughs> I, would, I would adore it. It would be so good. Yeah, I just uh, he was already a defensive zero. I'm sorry to sorry to say this. When he was great, he wasn't good defensively, and now he'll be as poor defensively and worse offensively. Um, I understand the sentiment. I, I would love him to come back, but not as a starting point guard. It needs to be in some sort of oh, no. backup. I, I would start Rogier over it, um, mm. and ideally, you know, we resign uh, Kyrie. Here's I, I would I would love the announcement. I would love. <laughs> the whole like like parade parade of like welcoming him back but when it came to like actually delivering on the court uh, it would he'd have to he would it, if, if he was the sign with some of the celtics and get back to like half of what he used to be i feel that would even be a better story than like this the two and a half seasons or whatever that he had here um yeah because i i, I mean i love the dude to death uh, and wish him nothing but success in the future but i think he's finished sadly yeah he, he probably uh, he, he like i i do get you i want him to be our bernard king but like yeah, I get it. I mean, um, I've had pretty similar thoughts about Hayward, you know, like, and mm. Hayward's given yeah. us way more cause for optimism than IT has in the last two years, for sure. Yeah, you know, if if we do win a championship with Kyrie, uh, put Isaiah Thomas on the float, on the duck boats and whatnot <laughs> that go through Boston, because Isaiah Thomas is to to Kyrie Irving what Paul Pierce and KG are to the Brooklyn picks, like. They manifested into the mm. other thing, if that makes sense. I don't right, know how Isaiah Thomas would feel about that. Um, <laughs> like you're celebrating me as a trade ship, but uh, yeah, maybe it's time to to wrap up the Isaiah Thomas talk. <laughs> I think we've taken it as far as we can go. <laughs> uh, very quickly to, to to round out the Reddit recap, but user Koala posted r slash Boston Celtics, aka Celtics Reddit, just hit 100k subscribers. Uh, I know it's amazing. Our little community is not so little anymore. And the, the reason I wanted to bring this up is I think when I, when we started this podcast, we were at about fifty to sixty thousand um, subscribers, and look where we are now. Can you thank us for that? Probably not. But I did <laughs> want to thank out. So we had our fiftieth episode a week ago, and we kind of rushed through a cu- couple of quick sort of immediate thank yous. Um, and I wanted to very quickly mention a few people uh, very quickly because I know it's boring who have been very helpful um, in the inception and the continuing. Um, standard of this podcast. So user Elite Speak and Parsnet Pizzas, who are mods of Celtics Reddit, uh, who made um, an exception on what was basically the no podcast rule and allowed us to post our episodes on Celtics Reddit and who actually came on for an episode that we called the Modcast. Um, th- thank you to those guys. User Coley Motion, who designed the logo for our podcast. John Corrales of MassLive.com and host of the Locked On Celtics podcast, who, who came on uh, a couple of weeks back to uh, to chop it up about the Celtics. Uh, Zetho YT, Family Guy 35, and Larbird 33 for coming on as guests, and particularly their Larbird 33, yeah, which come on a few Larry. times now. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's an excellent collaborator, and uh, and his Strangers podcast is back, so check it out if you haven't already. And, and that's it. But uh, just, uh, I guess, a few quick thank yous there because the whole idea with this podcast was to make it like for the community, by the community. And just because the three of us are always on it, it doesn't mean that other people in the community who are passionate about the Celtics shouldn't feel the need or, or the shouldn't um, deny themselves. What am I trying to say here? That if you feel like reaching out, if you feel like getting involved, if you feel like taking part in, if it's not this project and something else revolving around the sub, you should definitely do so because it's a great extension of the subreddit and of the community. And um, I'm hoping that it continues to grow out in that direction and that more people can become involved and that it inspires other people to create content and get involved. Um, so I'm very thankful that it's gone in, in the direction that it has gone in. I'm very thankful for the people that we've met along the way. And, uh, you know, here's to 200,000 subscribers. Here's to 100 episodes. And uh, I'm just enjoying it. So I just thought it was a worthy call out. Much like Carmelo Anthony, I'd just like to thank myself. Hey, <laughs> 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 Pete! Hey, <laughs> Pete! You want me to thank myself? This is uh, this is Joe, uh, aka LeBron James, calling himself the goat right now. <laughs> we are bearing witness to it. I love my life as a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, look, it's good fun. Here's to here's to more of that. Just uh, catching up weekly, chopping it up about the Celtics. Um, speaking of which, back to the subject for which you have joined us to hear about uh, Philadelphia is where the Celtics are playing on Wednesday or Thursday, if you're in our little region, our little corner of the globe. 
Kyrie Irving is going to be back for that game, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how he performs and how the team performs. Typically, we, we've had uh, their number, and I believe in, even if we lose this game, we still have the tiebreaker with Philly. Not that it necessarily matters at this point, but I, I do feel like there's a real psychological advantage heading into the postseason for whoever wins this game, because if we are to meet up at some point along the way during the postseason, whoever's had the most recent win is going to feel some sort of psychological advantage based on that momentum. Do you guys think there's any merit to that? Yeah. Yes, but we will only meet them in the Eastern Conference Finals. So um, so we have to be pretty good at that point. You know, if we make it to the, <laughs> so we make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, we'll be feeling pretty good about ourselves anyway, I think. Yeah. I feel like this game is more important for us, um, uh, like win loss wise. Even though it's 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 probably as Joe explained earlier, it's probably you know not really going to do much in the grand scheme of things. But I feel like I feel like Philly is going to be way 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 more up for this game to beat us and to finally like like get one over us and like of the last meeting before potential postseason matchup. I feel like they're going to be really up for it. But I thought they'd really be up for it for the first game of the season too, when we kind of embarrassed them in the playoffs, thinking, okay, shit, everyone's very optimistic about this new Celtics team. That's Here right. comes Philly to spoil the party. And we smacked them. So like Philly doesn't scare me at all. You can, you can throw all the Boban Majanovic's and Tobias Harris's and et cetera, Ben Simmons and shit at me. I'm just not worried about them. And that could bite me in the ass and I'm probably will. At some stage, but no, they just they just don't they don't scare me one bit, one bit they don't scare me. Um, and yeah, I hope I don't look silly saying that, but you know, prove me wrong, Philly. You haven't done nothing against oh, us I mean, so far. <laughs> ben Simmons, he's just a baby. You know, like how scary can he be? How many? How many? How many? How many Newcastle basketball stadium Broadmeadow? I don't know what the name of the league. <laughs> <laughs> the I was just trying to. Playing. I was trying to gas up my own championship again. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's important. The, the game is important for us, for us to show that we can still beat elite teams or at least mm. elite as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned. And it's it's kind of one of the last opportunities for the remainder of the season for us to do that. So we've got Philly, then the Hornets, the Spurs, the Cavs, the Pacers, which is a, a semi-challenging stretch. I'm not so worried about the Hornets or the Cavs, but the Spurs are red hot. They just beat the Warriors mm. today. The Pacers, we obviously need to, to win that. Um, for similar reasons around momentum, but also just for seeding and things like that. But then after that, the final stretch of the season is Nets, and then a home-and-home against the Heat, Pacers, Magic, and Wizards. So there's really no disrespect to those teams, and I'm including the Nets in that. Like a pretty pretty easy stretch to, to round out the season where hopefully we can rest some guys, we can, you know, firm up some rotations and some defensive schemes and, and really start to add those those finishing touches to our preparations for the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier, it's kind of a nothing stretch and seating's kind of already de- determined at this point, but I do feel like it's a nice stretch where we, aside from those few challenging games against the Pacers and, and Philly that we can kind of experiment a little bit and, and kind of um, like dot the I's and cross the T's, so to speak. Mm. Yeah, I, ex- yeah, I expect to see a lot of like just improvised basketball to a degree. I don't think they're going to be like running like you know drills for the playoffs for that final stretch. But um, you never know. You never know. Oh, any any wins, any like winning streak is momentum as far as I'm concerned. So even if it's the regular season, postseason, whatever, if we can go into the play- playoffs like five, six on the bounce, like that, that's good as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I'd like to see us really attack this um, stretch, but. Because all those teams have something to play for, except um, except the Cavs. Um, so um, we are at this little dangerous stretch where the only thing we have to play for is home court in the first round um, against the Pacers. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't actually be surprised if like oh, I hate to say it, but this team wouldn't surprise me if they let go of the rope a little bit and just kind of finished out 500. Yeah. And we were like a 48, 49 win team. Would not surprise Jesus. me in the least. Yeah. No, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but, you know, well, it'd, mother it'd, be of great. God. it'd be great if, you know, we decided to pull a little finger and, you know, um, get like nine wins, you know, go like nine and two. But you, you, I'd like to see us, you know, really warming up. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I, I guess we kind of started the podcast with this sentiment, but you know, it's almost over. Where it's the home stretch, very few games to go. Certainly, very few that actually matter, and we can start to sort of psychologically transition into the postseason, into the portion of the season that actually matters. So I'm excited for that because uh, I'm kind of over it. To to be uh, completely honest, 
I'm ready to move on to something else. Uh, And with that, that'll just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit podcast. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Please do let us know your thoughts on the Celtics, on the podcast, and whatever else comes to mind in the comments for the show. In the meantime, Jackson, Joe, it's been real, guys. Thanks again. Cheers, dude. All right. Go Celtics. Peace.